0: What if you're on the wrong path? Real life starts now.
1: Welcome to Real Life with Evangelist Ann and Kathleen Lay, where people with real problems find answers
2: in a real God.
0: Welcome to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Lay, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Ann Lay.
2: Later in the show, you'll hear from Scott Hinkle, who grew up in a good family, but wanted to live what he thought was a more exciting life, as a drug user and a drug dealer.
0: You know, I feel like we all want to be on the right path. For me, at least growing up, I really wanted to do the right thing, to be a good person and to make something of myself. And as time went on, there were friends that I got involved with and hung out with. And you know, I ended up in a gang, which was crazy, but I still thought, well, this is the right way. These guys are awesome. They love me. They're gonna protect me. But looking back, I realized that was a really bad path.
2: Yeah, I think when we are on the wrong path, People often do not recognize that they're on the wrong path. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, you could be going a good distance, say driving, but you could be going the wrong way and not even know it. Mm -hmm. And that can be a lot of us, especially when we're younger, you know, we're doing what everybody thinks is cool, whatever, you know, it's popular, you know, everyone else is going this way. So this must be safe. This must be good. But Mm -hmm. is that true? The way that everyone else travels, is that the safest and the way that makes most sense? Mm-hmm. The Bible says in Luke chapter sixteen, fifteen, on the latter half of it, it says, for what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Mm. What this is saying is, is that just because people highly esteem it and everyone does, doesn't necessarily mean it's the right way or the right path for you.
0: And it reminds me of, you know, have you ever been to a place where you left and just followed whichever direction everybody else was going in?
2: Yeah, that's how I did most of the time.
0: (laughs) And it ended up being like, okay, wrong way. You can't go that way. And everyone turns around like, okay, we're stupid. We went the wrong way. Right. And sometimes we do that. We just kind of go with the flow. Okay, this feels good. I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to do what's right. But you know, what changed in my life is when I started to seek the Lord and I said, I'm doing it all wrong. I've tried this path. I've gone in this direction. I've gone the ways of my friends. I've party. I've lived my life. And there's something not right. And so when I called out to God, things started to change. And the Lord revealed to me about the path and the way of life and sometimes we end up on the wrong path. The Bible says in Matthew 7, 13, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Which path are you on right now, my friend?
2: I can really identify with that because before, when I was an atheist, I lived life for myself. I was always saying, you know, listen, it's survival of the fittest, do what it takes to win. and I ended up hurting a lot of people in the process.
0: And I think we need to evaluate our lives and ask the Lord, which path am I on? Let's hear from Scott Hinkle after the break.
1: Real Life is made possible by people like you. We'd like to take this opportunity to sincerely thank you for your generous support. We couldn't do it without you. May God bless.
0: Welcome back to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Onlay. Hello, everyone. Joining us is Scott Hinkle, and he was a heroin addict who started around 14 years old doing drugs. He ended up in hard situations to where his life was going to end short or he would be in prison. And we're going to find out what changed his life right now. Let's hear from Scott. Thanks so much for being with us.
2: Oh,
1: what an honor to be with you guys. Thank you.
0: Thank you. So I understand at a very young age, you started getting into drugs. Can you tell me what got you to that point in your life?
1: Well, you know, I grew up really with some high ideals. I grew up on the Jersey Shore. And I'm Jewish and had some folks in my family that were overachievers and was headed to that path. And then in about the eighth grade, my family moved to a whole new community, new school, even though it was four miles away. And as I took a look at one crowd that were the college prep crowd, we really didn't click. Then I looked over at the other crowd that was, you know, kind of a black leather jacket, hoodlums kind of guys and emulating mob folks and doing things. I thought, man, these guys look cool. They're having a whole lot of fun, not a lot of pressure. And so I started to hang out with them and it just simply began it was drinking and you know, smoke pot, take some pills. One night I'd gone to score some pills from a doctor that was prescribing nebutol or yellow jacket sleeping pills and mm. I obtained a prescription from him under false pretenses. And by the time I'd gotten back I'd started to pop some of them like candy, and the next thing you know, I started to nod out, pass out, and the guys laid me in an alley. Fortunately, I came through and made my way back home, but I also began to become immersed in the fact that guys were shooting heroin. I thought, man, shooting dope really looked cool, nodding off in the corner like you didn't have a care in the world. You had a little bit of an attitude. I thought, I want to be like that. So I just began and then really became the focal point of my life. I really didn't care much about anything else, about school, about friendships. Really, what I wanted to do was shoot dope. And I'd lie, steal, hustle on the streets, whatever it took. But that really became my obsession at that age, just Mm -hmm. to get another fix.
0: Wow. And what about your parents? I mean, you guys moved to another area, and were they noticing any signs that you were on drugs at that point?
1: I don't know that they did at that time, but then there came a point in time when it became absolutely impossible to ignore. One night, a cold December night, a friend of mine, I'd known him from school, but we'd done drugs, came to my house and asked me if I could go buy drugs for he and his friend through some of the dealers that I knew. So, of course, I went. I figured I'd make a little bit on the other end, a little taste. Mm-hmm. And so we drove. I scored drugs for them, came back, and actually cheated them. But nevertheless, a few months later, I get a bang at the door in the middle of the night. They pull me out of bed. and I've been set up. buy drugs for an undercover agent Mm. and at this point obviously everything was out of the closet as far as my parents knew you know I was on drugs I wasn't just drinking I was doing hard drugs Mm. I was for trading and abetting the sale of heroin and possession of narcotics.
0: Wow what were you thinking in that moment how were you feeling at that time and how old were you?
1: I was 17 years old and they pulled me out of bed in the middle of the night. There's the police standing there. My parents are standing there. They're rifling through my room. My parents are probably just shocked beyond belief. It's a cold February night in New Jersey. Wow. They take us down to the county jail, and there's over 100 people arrested that same night throughout the area in a large planned drug bust. Mm. And of course, they shaved your head in those days, and they herd you through like cattle And one of the local policemen saw us. They were processing me, and he looked at me and said, my man, they finally got you. I mean, I wasn't that old, but I was running with older guys, and my life was just really, really a mess at that point. All the hopes and dreams of playing music, and one time I thought about going to Juilliard School of Music or maybe going to an Ivy League university, becoming an attorney. My boyhood idol had been Abe Lincoln, and I thought, man, I could become president of the United States. All of that was so far gone. Mm. It was just totally unimaginable. You know, and then I was hustling on the streets, buying drugs, stealing, lying, cheating, Instead of becoming a lawyer, I became a lawbreaker, if I can put it that way. And I had tried to enlist in the military, was going to play in the army band because I'd played trumpet and had everything all set up where I could live my crazy life and yet be in the military and avoid contact with the police. And the day that I was supposed to go into the military was the day I was arrested. I had no idea about Christianity. Where I grew up, we didn't know much about Christians. Mm. Being Jewish, obviously, you're not introduced to Christianity in the synagogue. And where I grew up, you were either Jewish, Catholic, or weird, because we didn't know any other kind of Christianity. Mm. And yet, there was a couple of kids in high school that took me to church once, a Baptist church. And they were trying to, I think, introduce Mm. me to Christianity. And, of course, I snuck out at the end of the service and didn't pay much attention to it. And then found out that our next-door neighbor had been taking care of some elderly ladies in another community. And she'd begin to tell them about the boy next door and how the boy next door was in trouble. The boy next door was using drugs. The boy next door got arrested And these precious older ladies began to pray for our neighbor's boy next door, which was me. And God began to work in my life, a strange set of circumstances, but I believe divinely ordained to bring my life to a point of transformation and change.
0: Wow. You know, there are a lot of people who think, when they're young, I'm going to be, you know, a famous musician, like you said, or I'm going to be a dancer. I'm going to do great things on Broadway, or I'm going to be a doctor, but then they get in the wrong crowd or they start doing things that they didn't think they would ever do. And it leads them to a path that just says, well, I guess there's no hope. And I'm believing there are people listening right now, Scott, that have gone a way that they never thought they would go. And the story doesn't end there with you. In fact, your life dramatically changed and we're going to learn about that on our next show, but we're going to pray for those who had a mishap in their life where things didn't go as they planned, but we know that there's hope for them. Scott, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and we'll have you back on our next show.
2: Thank you. You know, sometimes in life you're going a direction and you hope it's going to end up in a certain dream. And when that realization happens, like it did for Scott, like he felt like it was too late. The question is, Is there a second chance? Is there a second chance where the dreams that you had when you were younger could come true? Mm -hmm. Though you might have messed them up by decisions you had made. I think a lot of us can wonder that in our lives. We can wonder if we messed up or if there's a second chance. Good news is that with Jesus, there are second chances. God is the God to give you the chance that you need. No matter what you've done in the past, you can come to Him today and you can encounter a second chance. Mm -hmm. Lord God, I'm praying for that person out there Mm -hmm. who's hearing this show and saying, gosh, that's me. I knew I was choosing the wrong path, but then it was too late. Good news is that it's not too late, my friend. So Lord God, we turn to you. We ask for you, Lord God, to guide us And Lord God, we want to meet you so we can begin to understand what that second chance is. Mm -hmm. We surrender our lives to you, Lord, and we ask you to come into our lives Mm -hmm. in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
0: Amen. If that's you and you need a second chance, Jesus is the way and He will give you another chance. Just call out to Him and your path can change right as you're hearing the sound of my voice. And if you need prayer, we want to hear from you. Give us a call. Our number is 877-480-4477. Again, 877-480-4477. God bless you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. You're listening to Real Life.